Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here is your host, Director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Thank you guys for joining us today. I have a special guest on the program. His name is Jason Jarvis, and he is from Calvary Grace. And uh, he is not only my guest and a pastor in the greater Sacramento area, but he actually, he lays claim to the fame that somebody that works for me, he kind of knows. So we'll get into all that. Listen, I wanted to encourage all of you that are out there today, because I know that these are turbulent times, and I know sometimes we can be downcast and we can feel like we're overwhelmed by the world. And I wanted to let you know that the same God that created the world, the same God that that gave his one and only Son, that whomever will believe might have eternal life, the same God that Moses saw the same, well, Moses didn't see him, but that same God is the same God that rules today. There isn't two different gods. There isn't a God of the Old Testament and a God of the New Testament. He's the same person. He's represented as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God. And the latest radio ad uh, typifies exactly what I have always believed and know to be true, that we truly are say by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. And so if your hope and your faith is in Jesus Christ, remember you're experiencing possibly the only hell that you're ever going to know. But if you've rejected Christ and continue to to the day that you die, then go out and have a good time because this is the only heaven you're ever going to know and then hell. So we have a lot of interesting things to talk about. This is our 60th anniversary at the Union Gospel Mission, and so that's an important thing. And on a note, uh, my friend Ed Doonan, a longtime Sacramento Sheriff's captain, retired, member of the board, close personal friend whom I loved with my heart and his wife Miriam, has gone home to be with the Lord. And so it's a time for us to cry and a time for us to celebrate because along with that, that weeping that we will not see our friend for a while, we need to remember that uh, the Lord has told us that I do not want you to mourn the way the world mourns. Who has no hope? Because we know that we will see our loved ones again. That's why I love so much that saying, a friend's a friend forever when the Lord's the Lord of them. Because it's on that solid ground we stand. So I would like to introduce to you Pastor Jarvis. So, Pastor, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. All right. So let me ask you, first of all, who's that guy that— works for me do you you know him he he bears that same kind of name like yours i don't know you know that's my son micah jarvis <laughs> <laughs> and he's a good kid and he's very talented he's not a kid he's an adult but you know as you get older people look like kids right yeah so let me ask you what actually uh how did you actually hear about the union gospel mission 
I heard about it at the time that you hired. Well, no, I heard about it a couple of years ago. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, his son needed um, freed from his addiction. Mm. And um, so we went to a number of places and, and looked and checked out, and Union Gospel was was one of them. And then, uh, and so I visited that one time, and then um, then Jeremy got the job here, and that's when I really started hearing about it, and, and uh, I'm just really thankful for the direction that you guys are choosing to, uh, you know, make it all about Christ. All about Christ. And uh, how he is the one who frees you, and he's the one who uh, rescues, and uh, how it's it's not entirely about addiction as much as it is about idolatry. It we, is. We love something more than we love God. That's right. And uh, so I just, I, and just in getting to know him, and, and uh, I guess I knew him just before he got hired, too. I'd known him for a little while, so. Well, uh, Jason, um, you, like we were talking about earlier, I think you said you knew him a couple of years, mm-hmm. somewhere near when the start of the pandemic happened, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And Jeremy is a young man. He's, he's, he looks younger than he really is. He's 40, and I hired him as a chaplain, but I've also wanted to revamp our recovery program for years. I've eliminated some of the things that I thought the, were the most egregious, and yet we still clung on to a few things, vestiges of things that no matter how we tried to Christianize them, they still didn't work out the way that I knew we needed to. And so it's very difficult as the director of the mission. You say, well, okay, but you've got the power to change things. Okay, I might have the power to change things, but it's hard to get that accomplished. Yes. And so I have tried to hire the people. I've always said, and and Pastor Jarvis and I were talking about that earlier, that uh, my main claim to fame as a leader is hiring people smarter than I Mm -hmm. am. (laughs) And so— I've tried to get people in there that were able to see the vision that we have for the mission. And the vision that we have for the mission is that it truly would have no other intent but to present the gospel message to this to the hurting and to the dying of, of the Sacramento. You know, none of us know who is going to be saved and who isn't. So how do we present the gospel message? to just an elect few or a select few? No. We go out and we present the gospel message to everyone we can possibly get within earshot. Yeah, yeah. And then God does the drawing, Yeah, right? yeah. Well, and it's interesting because in the Bible, I mean, I'm just, I was looking at First uh, Timothy 4 uh, just this week, and he says, um, it says, he is the Savior of all people, especially those who believe. Uh-huh. Which is really interesting because he is mm-hmm. a greater savior than we can imagine. I think, and yeah. I think, I think, I think he, I think he's more interested in saving people than we are, and I think we forget that. <laughs> I think we're not in awe enough of how the extent that he would go to identify with us by taking on our flesh and joining with us, creating us in his image, yep. so that he would uh, then take that very image and come and die in our place. And I mean that's what that's what um, that's what I think you want to communicate at Union Gospel Mission is an incarnational ministry where that's you have people who are living out their fellowship with Christ among people who need to see that fellowship with Christ, and that's right. and that's what's going to attract them. Yeah, and by that we're not saying that 
you know, Christ came, died on the cross so that we would have a universal salvation of all people on the face of the earth. Right. But the reality is that the Bible also tells us very clearly that God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Right. You know, he's right. not he's not standing on a cloud somewhere saying, all right, I'm going to get this guy with a lightning bolt. Right. I got to warn you all out there, and I warn the people at the mission as well, that and at the church that I still serve at on Sundays, that if you are a Christian and you're perfectly comfortable to go to heaven by yourself, you better check to see if you're actually Mm -hmm. in Christ Jesus yourself. Mm -hmm. Because there should be a burden on the heart of every believer for the lost and for the sick and the hurting and the dying around us. Can the the people out on the street be irritating? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Do they need to hear the gospel? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And and see, that's where so many people, if they try to help, and sometimes they get into the way of the plan that God has. So they try to rescue somebody when really rescuing them isn't exactly what God's plan is. Because you don't need a Savior unless you're lost. And if everything's going fine, you probably don't need a Savior, right? <laughs> And so it's like a, a drowning man. If if I jump into the ocean and I swim out and you are in a riptide, but you don't know you're in a riptide, and I grab you and I'm swimming back to shore, you're probably going to slug me because you're angry with me. But if you're caught in a riptide and you know you've got no way out of that riptide and I come swimming up and grab you, that's when you need a Savior. Mm-hmm. And so... People always need a Savior, mm-hmm. but they don't always know they need a Savior. Right. And uh, so you're going to run into people that just reject. And like I said, and Pastor Jarvis was in here when I did our latest uh, commercial, and I write those because I wanted to convey the innermost part of what I want that for that mission. And that innermost part has been given to me. I absolutely believe the Holy Spirit has guided me to to feel the way that I feel about this. And I'm not one of those touchy-feely guys that, okay, well, I feel good about it, so it's okay. No, because God has taken so much trouble time to save me, and because he has loved me so much to get on that cross and die in my place so that I could have freedom forever— that's the burning desire of my heart. And the, the, the burning desire of my heart and the people, including your son at the mission, is that we present the gospel message, mm-hmm. that we present it. And, and this is what I wrote in the middle, that above all is the proclamation of the life-changing hope of the gospel, unfiltered and unaltered. For we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, just like I opened the show with. Mm-hmm. And Here's the bottom line. None of us are truly humble. <laughs> you know, we might think we are. And certainly I know that that I am not humble as I should be. But this one thing I have found out over all these years of, of pastoring and reading and praying is that I was never good enough, but Christ was sufficient for all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's when you cross that line to where you're trying to look to what God can give you and you start to desire to give to God 
on the on the flip side of that, right? Mm-hmm. And I think I think we need to present the gospel in such a way that that we are, you know, one beggar telling another beggar where to get bread. This morning, that's uh, all at, we are at huh? Union Gospel this mission. This morning, I was there, and we were talking about First Thessalonians chapter one, where it says the gospel came to you, and you saw what kind of men we were. Yeah. Yeah, and, exactly. And, and the fact is that the person preaching the gospel needs to be changed by his own message. Yes. Right? And that yeah. and I think I don't I think a lot of guys come into the mission and come into prison too. I mean, I used to preach in prison as well. And they look at you come in and they think, "Well, you don't really understand what sin is and you don't really know hmm. how bad, you know, we have been and all this kind of thing." And I think one of the important things in giving out the gospel is making it clear that you're in need of it as much as those people are. That's right. Um, I am a greater sinner than anybody at Union Gospel Mission, period. And the reason I know that is because I might know a little more Bible than them. Therefore, I'm more guilty that's right. to not, that I haven't done it. That's right. So that's where I need a Savior, if you can say it this way, I need a Savior more than they do. Because I need to be delivered from self-righteousness. I need to be delivered, as you just said, I need to be delivered from pride, right? It's That's my right. pride that I need to be delivered from, and that that is an ongoing <laughs> that's an ongoing need. Sure. You know, I remember there was a professor that said, you know, if you're if you're standing up in the front, you need to take all those wonderful things people say about you. And then you need to take all the things that people, detractors, have said about you, and you need to throw them both out Mm -hmm. because neither one of them are accurate. Right, right, right. right. And so it's easy to become prideful. It's easy to put ourselves in the them and us category. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's easy. You know, self-righteousness is a funny thing. Uh, Self-righteousness we think, oh, I'm not. I'm not going to be self-righteous. I know I'm a sinner and, and all that kind of stuff. But it sneaks up on you. Mm-hmm. You know, every time you look at somebody else and go, well, you know, mm-hmm. you know, somebody told me one time that uh, somebody who is a religious fanatic is anybody who loves God more than you do, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes we fall into that yeah, trap, don't yeah, we? Yeah. Well, I think, <clears throat> I think too, one of the my favorite sayings uh, by, um, I think his name was John John C. Miller, said, uh, cheer up, you're worse than you think. Yeah. That is so helpful it because is. as bad as I might know myself to be, I'm worse than I can imagine. That's right. Who am I to say that I can evaluate my level of need and depravity? If I'm depressed about it, I don't even know, I don't even know the depths of it And I, if I'm depressed about it. I'm focusing on the wrong Thing. I need to cheer up. I'm worse than that because God knows worse things about me than I know about myself. I know worse things about me than you could ever say about me. Amen. And so based on that, that's why we boast in Christ. That's right. Right? We can't, what do, what do I have to offer? I am, I am, and he I bring crucified. my sin. He, yeah. <laughs> I bring my sin. He gives me his righteousness. Amen. You know? You know, uh, that's an interesting point because so many people fail to realize that if Christ just forgave your sins— and stopped right there, you'd be in trouble. Mm-hmm. But what you just said is true. He takes and imputes his righteousness right. to us right. because there's two parts to that. Mm-hmm. It's great. You can clean up. You can forgive all my sins, but now I need something more than than just my sins forgiven. Right. You know, if you, nature abhors a vacuum, mm-hmm. and so if you take a vacuum— 
and you suck all the air out of a, a bottle or or a air conditioning system or whatever you uh, sucked all that air out of, and you don't replace it with something, something is going to seep inside that, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a contaminant, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, when we are we come to Christ and He's cleaned us our sins up and everything. Now it's that whole put on, put off thing. Mm-hmm. Now you better start putting on, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and you want to. It's a matter you do of want you to. actually have a an appetite and a hunger and a great desire to yeah. know Christ. I mean, that's how do you know if you're saved? You love Christ and want to continue to grow in your knowledge of Him. That's how you know you're saved. Mm-hmm. If you don't have any appetite for Him and what He's done for you, what He's doing for you, what He what He could do for the people around you. That's when you should wonder whether you're saved or not. That's right. But it is absolutely good news because he doesn't count our sins against us anymore. They That's don't right. count against us. That's a, I, When can I stop thanking him for that? I mean, I continue to sin, <laughs> right? Right, right. <laughs> so, right. So I, and he keeps saying, doesn't count, doesn't count, doesn't count, Yep. because I paid for it. I was just in Galatians 5 at the church and, and explaining to, to people that, yes— when you're in Christ Jesus, none of those things are counted against you. But what did Paul say? But don't use that as an excuse. Mm-hmm. You know, don't use that as because here's the thing. Let's let's say that you you say to yourself, well, okay, a little bit of sin is okay. You know, I I, I can do a little bit of sin. Let me ask you something. If somebody else sees you doing that sin, and says, see. Those Christians are all hypocrites. What damage have you done? Mm-hmm. Oh, are you forgiven? Sure, you're forgiven. But you've done a terrible disservice to everybody around you. Yeah. And by the way, just so you know, in this whole thing of self-righteousness, and I'm sure that Jason here would agree with me, sometimes throughout my lifetime, even after pastor and director and all those kind of things, there's times I just want to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And then I will try to justify, but God never allows me to justify because I realize, oh, that was wrong. <laughs> but we still have that fleshly desire to fulfill sometimes, and when we do that, we have to kind of hide in the garden like Adam did, yeah, right? Yeah. Well, I think, too, I think it's a terrible line to draw by measuring your Christian life based on what you can get away with. Right? It's that's a even horrible a, that's thing. The, that's the wrong place to, to, to measure it. I, frankly, I was told a long time ago by a friend <laughs> of mine who said, he says, you know how I know when I'm not doing well as a Christian is I've lost my joy in Christ. That's right. And it's almost, that that is where your focus, That's at least that's where I want my focus on. I mean, Luther said it well, love God and sin boldly. And he didn't mean sin on purpose and do that kind of thing, but no, that it isn't your sin. That's right. That's not the point anymore. The nope. point is you're loving God. The point is you're you're fascinated with him and that you're loving him and you want to get to know him and you want fellowship with him. And he died to take away. It is finished. He died to take away my sin. So now he did that so I could enjoy him, not so I could be sinless That's right. at this point. I will be sinless. <laughs> yes. But he, he did it so I could have fellowship with the Father and That's with his right. Son. And that... That's what satisfies me. That's what actually keeps me from sin, is that the, the Spirit of God pours out His love in my heart 
and I don't desire to sin then. But that's that's what you live for. Oh, and you're absolutely 100% right. And that is the misnomer that there is amongst believers sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's like you and I talked about earlier. We were talking about certain sins that people do, and, and they'll attribute, okay, that person is, has done that, they're going to hell. And the reality is that unbelief is what sends you to hell. Mm-hmm. And that same unbelief causes you to be cold towards the gospel mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And to your point, the person that is just okay with doing all those things, the greater of the sins are that that you don't care to serve, you don't care to love, you don't care to want to walk in fellowship Mm -hmm. with God. That's the greater of the sins. Yeah, yeah. The communion with God is what it's all about because um, if, if it's about me doing things, Right. I mean, nothing I do measures up anyway. So, I mean, my 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 best sermon ultimately would send me to hell in terms of righteousness. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. So, but what what I'm living for is this interaction and fellowship with God Himself mm-hmm. that I can walk in the Spirit. I can I can abide in the Son, and I can present myself to the Father, and that's that's my that's my joy in my Christian life. Mm-hmm. And and uh, but if I start looking at you know my motives and the things I'm doing and all those kind of things. I think cuz isn't it isn't it you put to death the deeds of the body by the spirit. Mm-hmm. And the spirit is the one who exalts Christ, you know? That's right. No, no, that's absolutely right. That's why uh the hymn writer who wrote it is well with my soul mm-hmm. could lose his wife or not his wife but his daughters. Yeah. He could get that horrible report from his wife uh, via the telegraph, because mm-hmm. this was at the turn of the century, that said, saved alone. Mm-hmm. He lost his daughters. He's on the way to England to, or wherever he was going to, to meet with his wife. And when he's over the spot where he lost his daughters, he wrote, it is well with my soul. Mm-hmm. How is it well with your soul? Right, yeah. Yeah, unless Christ has poured out his love into your heart, it can't be. No. It just can't be. No, it's... It's a defeat. It's, it's uh, you know, that's why when uh, the cultist told me that, uh, you and I talked about it, said, well, why would you guys wear a cross? Because if my kid is killed by a gun, I'm not going to wear a gun around my neck. <laughs> and I told him that that's because the cross was not a defeat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Christ conquered death mm-hmm. on that cross. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Three days later, the resurrection was the amen to it is finished. That's right. And so, yeah, we've only got a couple of minutes, but I hope that you will stay over so we can do one more show if you've got the time and everything, because I've got a lot of questions for you. I don't ever write any of them down, but we have (laughs) one minute. Is there anything you'd like to say to the folks before we sign off? Um, I think the thing that uh, that you will like about the Union Gospel Mission, that you'll really appreciate about it, is the direction that it's going in terms of showing people their need of Christ because they have many, everybody has idols and everybody has values and they, they, they worship it, they serve it, and they submit to it, which That's is right. the definition which is the definition of worship. It's when you serve something, you remember it fondly, and you submit to it over and over again. Amen. And what we're trying to do is get the men to see that needs to be Christ. You need to remember Christ fondly, you remember, okay. 
Uh, Thank you, Jason. And as always, until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. You've been listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched, and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.